the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. My next guest is the perfect guest for the time in American history we're living through right now. He's the host of Economic War Room, a New York Times bestselling author and considered one of the world's leading experts in the issues of economic warfare. His new book, Pirate Money, Discovering the Founder's Hidden Plan, for economic justice and defeating the Great Reset. He is Kevin Freeman. Kevin, how are you? Thank you for joining me. Oh, Sean, I'm great. How are you? I'm aggravated. I'm aggravated at how stupid my fellow American is, and I mean that. You have to remember, I, I moved to Florida, and I'm now back in the sewer that was once a great city in a great state called Chicago. And when you look at the moron who cheers for his own destruction, when you look at the people who support the corruption and the bastardization of the principle of Americanism, it's hard to be around. But when you see the destruction of our dollar that we all work for, and it's cheered by more than half of the country, the way I see it, because Republicans are in on the scam too. What do you think? Well, I live in Texas, and I agree with you 100% about the dollar, and we are doing something about it. We have plans to go back to the Constitution and follow what our founder said. Thomas Jefferson said, paper is poverty. We have a fiat currency, the U.S. dollar, since 1971, and Republican Richard Nixon took us off the gold standard. He said it was temporary, but from that day to today, that dollar has lost 87.5% of its purchasing power. See, and that's, that's what inflation is. You know, it, it, it's called inflation, and eggheads come on TV, and they talk about inflation as if it is this this thing that nobody can really figure out and it's political but what it really is is the destruction of the buying power of our dollar that's what it is it's 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 the devaluation and that's what we live through on a regular basis year in and year out and our government tells us we have a target for the dollar to you to lose a certain percentage we're comfortable with and this is what leads to the 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 real destruction after world war 2 the bretton woods agreement and the rest of the world says, I don't want to be a part of it. And Kevin, I think they're right. They shouldn't be a part of a bastardized, corrupt dollar, should they? Well, I, I agree with you in this, the bastardized, corrupt part of the dollar. But the United States should have the soundest money of any nation on the planet. Our Constitution requires it. Our founders, who were called pirates at the time, I mean, John Paul Jones was called the father of the American Navy. He was called a pirate by the British. And Thomas Jefferson, Washington, Hamilton, they were all considered pirates. They said only money should be gold and silver, gold doubloons and silver pieces of eight. And the silver piece of eight was also known as a Spanish 
milled dollar. The dollar term is referencing sound money based on silver or gold. And yet we have since 1971 and, and really before that in many ways when FDR confiscated gold and so forth, we as a nation have turned our back on sound money and it's the financialization of the economy with paper money that's made the rich get richer while the middle class shrinks and the rest of the world suffers. So yes, I agree with you, but it shouldn't be that way. And the toothpaste is out of the tube. You know, years ago, I used to trade commodities, and we would always play the game of what would gold be if it was affixed to the dollar? And I think I stopped counting it when it was like $188,000 an ounce. But the reality is it's way worse now. That was, you know, a few years ago when we left. Do the American people want a stable currency that is affixed to value? I mean, after all, we are now told that the the uh, true patriot is somebody who doesn't pay back their loans, who defaults on payments, who files bankruptcy. Do people want integrity in the currency? Well, uh, we're told that, but of course they want integrity. If I told any, any American that you could take 10 dimes and buy five gallons of gasoline today, you could do that, they would be thrilled with the idea. For a dollar, you could buy five gallons of gas. But you know that's still true, Sean? If you use 10 pre-1964 dimes, the silver content of those 10 dimes will buy today, it's worth $22. That'll buy you five gallons of gas in most parts of America. You know, Kevin, as we heard the debate on the debt ceiling, as I watched the people who are supposed to fight the Leviathan of socialism and corruption, the Democrat mafia, as I watched their argument, I realized they have no understanding of the argument. Are there any representatives that can even keep up with the conversation, say, you and I are having right now, that understand the principle of currency and the principle of money? Well, if they don't understand it now, they will soon. We have $33 trillion in debt. The natural interest rate is over 5%. Uh, the two-year Treasury uh, note rate is 5%. Uh, so 5% on $33 trillion is $1.65 trillion in interest only just on the debt. We only take in $2.4 trillion in total personal income taxes, $400 billion in corporate taxes on top of that. The rest of it's supposed to be set aside for Social Security and Medicare. So really, we're already bankrupt as a nation. Our dollar has yes. failed in its paper form, and, and none of the people on the stage got that. No, and you know who else doesn't get it? And I'm sorry to say it, but it's the truth. Donald Trump doesn't get it. Donald Trump doesn't understand that. He wanted to print I, I he printed agree. up six trillion dollars right before the COVID reaction and told me it was a good thing as he tried to imitate the velocity of an economy. That's a dangerous perspective when you realize there isn't anybody that is talking about integrity in dollars, integrity in currency. Well, we've got a book. It's called Pirate Money. It's discovering the founder's hidden plan for economic justice and defeating the Great Reset. It's available at Amazon. It goes through the history of money. It goes through what the founder said about it. it. goes through the economic implications if we don't return to sound money. It shows a clear path to go back to it that can be done at the state level. I, I'm sorry for you, in, in Illinois, it'll be pretty tough, but in Texas, we're moving forward. In Arkansas, Oklahoma, Florida, and a number of other states, and once it's available in one state, any American can use it. So I, this is our answer back. This is our one shot. Uh, Kevin, I love this, and I'll tell you why. I moved to Florida, like so many other people who are trapped in blue states and could make the move. They did. So now this is the real America Part 2.
Because when, in my opinion, when you have this many people who have adopted the mindset of a slave, who aren't interested in the truth and don't really want the reestablishment of integrity, they're lost forever. We call them Chicago Democrats for now. But once you get that mindset, it's over with. So there's no, go, there's no going back to a stable, honest way of life for those people. Is it time, the way I think it is, and I'm leading you into the question because I do believe we are at that time. I don't want a presidential debate. I don't want to pretend that some one man is going to fix a system of corruption and bastardization the way we have been. I think it's time for states like Texas and Florida and the people who have moved there to say, it's time we go with our own currency, you keep your own, and we join our own form of Brexit or BRICS for uh, another uh, word. What do you think? I, I think that only the difference is that we say these states, we're going to follow the Constitution as it was written. We will be the United States of America. If you all want to depart and leave the Constitution, that's your business. We're sticking with the Constitution, which said that no state shall make anything other than gold and silver coin tender within their state. And we have an electronic means to do that. It is proven technology. It's all in the book, Pirate Money, discovering the founder's hidden plan for economic justice and defeating the Great Reset. It will it will shrink the wealth gap so the rich don't get richer at the expense of the middle class. And it will solve the great economic problems that we're having. There may be some tumult as we move that direction, but those that follow this plan, they'll win. They will benefit. You know what's interesting as you're talking? I'm reminded of when I investigated as a young man, the topics that led to the Civil War, and most people wrapped the Civil War in slavery, and that was a definite component. There's no question about it. But a lot of the uh, argument that, that really a lot of states that joined the Confederacy, a lot of it was about the state-to-state currency, the taxation on currency from state-to-state, and really what you're advocating is pre-Civil War state currency, isn't it? Well, the history is all there. In fact, I wrote the history in, in, in the book, and it talks about when the greenbacks emerged and then the Supreme Court case that it was Hepburn versus Griswold that said that greenbacks and fiat currency were unconstitutional. And then they came along the next year, U.S. Grant, a Republican, uh, packed the court with two additional court appointees, and they reversed Hepburn versus Griswold and said paper money's okay. And from that, we got the Federal Reserve. From that, we got the uh, gold confiscation. From that, we got the Nixon ending the gold standard entirely. That was a Supreme Court packing case from the Civil War. So you know your history, Sean. You've got it 100% right, and we detail it in the book Pirate Money. I can't wait to go through the book, really. I can't wait to go through it. But I'm more interested, I love the, the, the fact that you're really talking about the principles and the foundation of the federalism, number one. But you're also talking about the economic responsibility. I believe that the vast majority of Americans are against the idea of collectivist Fed controlling and destroying the options of free market capitalism. So now you're in this welfare warfare policy. How is the Fed going to allow you to do this? You see what's happening with cyber. You see the attack by the SEC. Do you think that the Federal Reserve and the government writ large is going to allow Texas to do this? Well, the reason we have to 
push it now is because we have a Supreme Court that will back it. In my opinion, I've looked at all the court. I've looked at the decisions they made. But we also have two aces in the hole. One of them is Briscoe versus Bank of Kentucky in 1837, which was a Jacksonian court. And I don't like Andrew Jackson. He's a Democrat, and I'm Cherokee by heritage, and I don't like what he did. But I do like the fact that he was against a central bank. And so the Jacksonian court ruled in 1837, never been overturned, that a state absolutely has a right to do this. And the federal government has absolutely no say in it because it's in the Constitution. And then the second ruling that we had is called the Bronson ruling, where it said that it doesn't actually have to be gold coin. The Constitution says the state shall make nothing other than gold and silver coin tender. And we don't make any gold coins anymore. The federal government doesn't produce them. And the Coinage Act of 1857, I think, outlawed the use of Spanish coins uh, as tender. So this Bronson decision was so powerful because it says it doesn't matter if it's coin or bullion because the only value of the coin is the gold content or the silver content. And so bullion is just as effective for use. So when you put those two court cases together, settle law, and you add to that modern technology, you put gold and silver in a depository in Texas or any other state and add electronic debit card capability like Glent Pay offers commercially today, you have a perfect monetary system that works. It's functional money. It's not taxable by the IRS if it goes up in value versus the U.S. dollar because it's functional money and legal tender. It's exempt from capital gains taxation. This is very interesting. And when you're talking, all I'm thinking about is not just the wrench that this throws into the fraud of fractional lending, but it's fractional banking that will be upended virtually overnight. You don't need fractional banking if you have 100% reserve. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. I'm saying how does it commingle with the rest of the country? Well, it can connect to the existing financial system, which is what it'll do initially, but eventually it'll be peer-to-peer. Because if you and I do an exchange and you you sell me something, I, I are you still there, Sean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm here. I'm here. I'm listening. Okay. If you sell me something and, and I pay for you in gold, you'll probably prefer to hold the gold instead of having it translated to a paper money. So I think the peer-to-peer capability of holding a gold and silver system managed by a state, and if Texas goes rogue, I'll just move my money to Oklahoma. This is the opportunity for us to have true constitutional currency. No, I, I love it. I do. I love it in theory. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the way in which the, the, the system as it exists, the, the unaudited Federal Reserve, the rumor of the repo market in the evening, the bank-to-bank lending, what do they do if this catches hold? And what do they do if investors say, you know, I don't think I want bonds. I don't think I want to have my money in cash. I think I want to buy that Texas gold. What does that look like? Have you given any thought to the massive influx of of money, not just outside Texas, but arguably outside America? What does that look like and how does that drive the price parabolically high? How do you how do you control that? You well, could have a tulip it's market. Be pain- 
painful. It's going to be absolutely painful for those who are in paper money now, which is unlimited fiat and central bank digital currency is going to be the exact same problem. Only worse because they'll use it as a control mechanism. But it, we're going to have that pain anyway. It is it is either coming this year or next year or the next year because the bond vigil, vigilantes are going to go against the U.S. Treasury bond at some point yeah. just from the debt that we have. So why not get ahead of it and then help people get ahead of it? We will have an alternative currency market. You can shut one down and start the next one. In Zimbabwe, they had to go through a currency collapse and they... They used the U.S. dollar to replace it, and they didn't even have change. It was yes. terrible. At least this gives an alternative. How bad? I, I think that the the ultimate outcome of this will be so bad it'll make the depression look like an appetizer. I think that when you see countries realize what's going on, and you see the the, the resourcing of the most important commodity to mankind, energy, go away from the dollar. It could happen relatively quickly that the Americans who have grown up in the lap of luxury of a, of a, of a currency they don't understand. What does it look like? Have you given any thought to it? And have you played that, yeah, that policy out? What, yeah. what, what happens is, is instead of people rushing to, when that happens, people rush to the strongest currency on the planet. They're trying to build one. The BRICS nations are trying to build one. I don't know if they'll get away with it, but they're trying. China, Others will say, oh, we're backed by gold. Bring your money here. It's Except that's Hotel California gold. It can check in, but they'll never let you check it out. What we're offering here is we have to do it. And if enough people clamor for it now, we will get it passed in one state, then another, then another. It will be painful, yes, but a whole lot less painful if we have than if we have no alternatives. In that case, there could be a global... Uh, well, they'll go to central bank digital currencies. That's exactly what they'll do. And you won't know how bad it is because they won't let you see it because they will. If you say speak up against this, they'll take your money away. So everyone will conform just like they did with the vaccines and everything else. Oh, so we have you know, to have an alternative. You know what I think the test balloon for this was was the euro. I remember when the euro came out, there was very little resistance to the euro, which I thought was outrageous at the time. I was young, but I remembered it, and I'm thinking to my, myself, why would all of these countries, the Deutschmark and all the rest of it, why would they get rid of it to share a euro that really only benefits the countries that are bankrupt? This is something that I think was the test balloon for the complacency of civilization. Are, are, did you view the euro as, as the original corrupter of, of sovereign currency? You know, I was young also, but I thought it was a stupid idea. I worked for a global money manager called Templeton, and I looked at the euro, and I'm like, why, exactly like you said, why would Germany want to subsidize the profligate spending of of, of the southern Mediterranean nations? Why would they do that? And, and yet they did. And so they did. They were able to force people in it, but they gave up their sovereignty in so many ways beyond just the currency. Um, the, the British people should be thanking George Soros because he really kept the pound out of the euro system because he knocked it and broke the Bank of England before the euro happened. And so the people just decided, I don't want to go that way. They should thank George. The one good thing he's done is helped keep the British pound out of the euro. Yeah. You know, what's interesting, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at all of the government entities you've talk to in in reference to economic warfare and i'm wondering what was the reception like because you're obviously somebody who argues for principled currency and you're talking to entities from the fbi to the dia to the sec to the naval war college 
are the people that inhabit those institutions fundamentally principled economic believers such as yourself, or do they like the warfare welfare system that unfortunately our government has partaken in for so many decades? Well, it's a combination, and each one of those has a story with it. For example, the DIA, I spoke with Lieutenant General Ron Burgess. His, uh, following him was Lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, and I also spoke with uh, Lieutenant General Harry Soyster. They were all principal people. I, but as you've noticed, there's been a purging in the military. Uh, when I worked with the Office of Net Assessment, it was Andy Marshall. He passed away. He was very principled, and he had a very under, deep understanding. Lieutenant General um, Jerry Boyd who was at CIA, and he, he was at senior levels in, in DOD. The FBI, the agents loved me. The analysts hated me. And this was under the Obama administration, and he flipped to where the agents used to be in charge, then they became uh, subservient to the analysts, which drove all the good agents out. Only the woke ones, well, I don't want to say only, but many of the good ones left, and many woke ones got uh, elevated, like Peter Strzok and, and others. So it was a mixed bag, but that bag is no longer mixed. It, it cleaned up a little bit under Trump, but it's gotten worse, much worse. Kevin Freeman, this book should be required reading. I love your explanation. I love the, the, the facts and the fundamentals you bring to the book. I cannot wait to go through it. The one you just sold on Amazon, if you have it hooked up to your phone, that's me. I so appreciate you writing Pirate Money, Discovering the Founder's Hidden Plan for Economic Justice and Defeating the Great Reset. He is Kevin Freeman. Thank you so much for making time. I really appreciate your time and respect your opinion. Thank you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.